As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for listening to the Best of Cavino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every day from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Cavino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. tell you what's going on fight weekend has begun we are live from showtime boxing's radio row at mgm is cavino and rich steve cavino and rich davis and it feels so good to be back for a fight weekend canelo charlo this weekend we'll be talking about the fights we have lots to get to between golden bachelor and the game last night the lions Man, it's going to be an action-packed show. There and we is. got very special hey, guests. look at that. We got Jim Lampley. Yes. We have Al Bernstein. Yes. I'm saying what's up to my dude Maurizio. Maurizio's hey. here. Hey. Danny G is here. Yeah. Spotty's here. You guys are here. Thank you guys for rocking out with us. Okay. We got Dan Byer and Ramos back at the studio. Hi, Broadcasting Ramos. live from the TireRack.com studios. <laughs> TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way Tire buying should be. And of course, Progressive Insurance makes bundling easy and affordable. Get that multi-policy discount. Combine it all. Motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I want to dive right into some football, some golden bachelor. Danny G, I saw him go, oh, when Dan Byer said that uh, Jimmy G might be out this week, so I have a Raiders question. When you said dive into it, I thought you were going to say butt cheeks because it is Vegas. I, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm up money. I got to the casino. I was going to say, or the casino. <laughs> oh, dude, I hit numbers already. Yeah. I'm feeling it. So uh, we're going to have a great show today. But I got to ask, dumb question before we even get into last night's game. Have we already seen enough of Jordan Love to know? I, I, I have questions, but – does Southwest do it right or wrong? The whole cattle call, like, all right, you sit wherever you want, section B. Nah. All right, I'm, I think it's good. I'm, like, I'm A27. What are you? I'm, I'm, I'm A37. Get back. I love it. I love the casual vibe of in and out Southwest. Plus, my brother-in-law now flies for Southwest, so I'm not going to talk bad on I it. I always thought Southwest had the reputation of – Sort of like a cheap, cheesy airline, but it's not cheap, I'll tell you that. 
It's a quick, easy it's flight ex- yeah. for us from L.A. to Vegas. It's very convenient. I'll give it that. But had a nice trip this morning. And for me personally, it's a nice full circle moment. We've been covering a lot of boxing for Fox Sports Radio, but we haven't been here for Radio Row in a long-ass time, and it's fun to see the familiar faces of boxing and some of our old colleagues. You know, Rich and I, on a personal note, during the pandemic, everybody probably hit a point in their life where they're like, man, what is going on at work? Are we Where's gonna, my life headed? Are we ever going to do those things again? Because are we listen, going back to the office? Yeah. You know, and we thought those things too. So to be back here and seeing our old colleagues and familiar faces is like, yo, I wasn't sure we'd be back. And here we are, again, live from Radio Row. Very exciting to be here for the fight. Just an exciting weekend all around of fighting and football. I think you guys buried the headline, though, when you were talking about Southwest. Yeah. We had a rookie pilot, I think, because when you say touchdown, oh, we touched down. You know what, dude? I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I loved almost it. Forgot. I loved it because Spot was sleeping, and he was like, oh. <laughs> Watching Spot jump made my morning. Dude, we bounced. It, it was a ba- – yo, we bounced, baby, bounced. No, we got Bunny airtime. Hopped. Yeah, we got airtime for sure. When we landed today, it was a nice peaceful flight. No crazy turbulence yeah. to get me nervous because it seems like turbulence has gotten worse. And articles say that. The wind patterns are only going to get worse in the future. So turbulence is just the way of the world. Here to stay. Here to stay, getting worse. But when we landed, we hit so hard that it bounced. The plane (laughs) bounced. And, you know, Danny G and I weren't even sitting next to each other, but everybody looked at each other like, whoa, what was that? Oh, snap. Yeah, Yeah, but we made it. Very pumped about it. Could you imagine Ramos being on that plane? Oh, Or John Madden? That's why Ramos isn't here with us. I'll I'll tell you this, Ramos, you're not a flyer, correct? I, I don't hit the airlines, no. <laughs> I don't hit the airlines. I have a question for you, Ramos. What if? Because I asked Danny G this as we were strolling through the airport here in Las Vegas. I said, "What if there was a gig, Fox Sports Radio, another network, some broadcasting gig where it's like, Ramos, we're going to quadruple your salary, but Monday through Friday you got to take the half-hour flight to and from Vegas every day." Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably say this. Oh my God. <laughs> Fair, fair enough. Uh, Suzanne would be like, you're taking it, John. That's hilarious. Um, but no, it's such a quick flight. We're here. Let's get into, before the fight, before all that, let's get into last night's Thursday night football game. I, I, I'll start with this question. Have we seen enough of Jordan Love to know that that's not the answer for Green Bay? Absolutely not. I mean, he may not look like the answer. I get that. That's obvious. But we were talking off the air, Rich. I know we live in a different time and in a different place of win now, right? There's the very famous comedian bit. Ronnie Chang is like, prime now. We want everything now. We want results right now. You order something online, you expect it to be at your house the next day. Or now. I want it now. Yeah, next day is not even quick enough anymore. Next day is not even quick enough. You Same want- day? All right, I just press the button. I want delivery now. Prime now as the joke goes. I mean, you got to give the guy a little bit of a chance to develop. I understand, you know, he was behind Aaron Rodgers and everything, but he just got out there. I was talking about your hero, Joe Montana. When they were talking about Brock Purdy recently, they were comparing Purdy to Montana and how Purdy started 8-0, and you could argue 9-0, and yeah. in his career. Dude, Joe Montana was like 2-6 and six or something to start his career. Sometimes people take a minute to figure it out. You know, so you're going to pull the rug from under this young guy not even knowing what he really has yet? Look, he's there for a reason. That's the problem with football and our world in general. You don't get time to develop. 
I mean, you can say the same for music. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you don't break right away, a record label, whatever little of that exists anymore. But I get it. It's a win-now league. It's a, it's a I-want-it-now league. I think last night was more about the improvement, improvement of the Lions' defense. Right. More than Jordan Love not being the, uh, the answer. We don't know that yet. In preseason, Packers fans were hyped because he looked so good. He came out and busted through the regular season gate looking really good. And then now, yeah, he hit a speed bump. But look at that Lions defense. It was, it's much improved since last season, and that's something the Lions can hang their hat on because that was really the only complaint last season. Their offense was on fire. Their defense was letting them down. Besides Hutchinson, other players were not stepping up consistently for their D. And last night, oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, first of all, all season long so far, their defense has looked like a top Yeah, let's, let's focus on the improvements the Lions have made and how tough and strong they appear to be. Jordan Love threw for 246 yards, one tutty, two interceptions. That's how many times good. did he get sacked? And he right. was sacked five times yeah. because the defense was so strong, forcing him to throw, forcing turnovers, force, uh, forcing interceptions. So, yeah, let's give props where they're due. The Lions' defense has improved. Two thoughts. But I know, I know everybody's on Jordan Love's I, ass. I, I'm, I'm looking at the Lions now. And I know sometimes, listen, sometimes there could be a good loss, right? You know when a team's undefeated, a lot of times, no, historically, obviously, they've only been two undefeated regular season teams, 72 Dolphins and, of course, the Patriots who lost in the Super Bowl. But have you ever noticed when a team is like 12-0 and or 11-0, and the fans are almost like, maybe we want them to lose. There's like a weird sentiment of like, undefeated's not always good. The fact that the Lions lost week two after that win against the Chiefs in week one, They're not it, almost, that at it all. almost took like that weird pressure off the Lions because going into the season, everyone's like, the Lions are going to pick up where they left off, and they were throwing them up there with the you know, top mm-hmm. teams in the league. I think that second week letdown took them off the radar enough where other than that close loss to the Seahawks, they're 3-1 and one and have looked pretty damn good. And by the way, you're talking about giving up on Jordan Love. And, of course, again, win now, I get it, right? He might not be the answer, but he might be the answer. On the flip side of things, Jared Goff, he was dished off. L.A. was his. Dished off. They won without him. Think about the chip this guy plays with, the chip on his shoulder. He, he doesn't have any championship under his belt. This guy got another chance, reinvented his game, and now he's the spicy Jared Goff. Again, had a game, 210 yards, nice touchdown leading his team. Detroit's behind the dude. It wouldn't have happened if they gave up on Jared Goff. I remember specifically when that trade happened, Goff for Stafford. Cavino and I felt really bad for Goff. And then yeah. I remember looking at his salary and his woman. And I'm like, he's okay. Yeah, you can't and feel I, bad, I remember man. thinking, like, Jared Goff's dude, life is he pretty must good. play with such a chip on his shoulder that we underestimate. Again, they gave up on him. He has to go to Detroit. No offense, we were just there. It's a wonderful city. But he's, you know, all these expectations yeah, from in L.A. LA to Detroit. Yeah, I, I get <laughs> it. Detroit, they gave up on him. They won without him. Now he's got a team that believes in him. I Man. Don't know. And there's also something to be said about he's he's clapping back at, at Fitzmagic in the there, post game. There's something to be said about being the guy that takes a historically bad franchise and you're sort of a, tied to that team during their success, right? I look at this division, and I don't want to be all over the place with the Lions, but 
when you look at this division, the Bears are arguably hot trash. Worst team in yeah, the league, some would right argue, now. right? I mean, they're going to make Denver look good this weekend, in my opinion. They're going to Russell Wilson's going to have his best game because they're playing the only worst team. Chicago's got a lot of work ahead. Minnesota, you're seeing they're losing these close games. Maybe they're not as good as we thought they were, or they've taken a step back. And Green Bay just came off of Favre and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back. This was the division that the Lions were sleeping in the basement of for years and years and years. Could it be we're about to see like a good run Dude, of years where look at the, the Lions are in this? I hate to tie baseball into it, but look at the Orioles now. The first team to ever lose 110 games, over 110 games, and then three years later win over 100 games and win the AL East. Incredible. It's sort of like they turned it's it sort of like what the Astros did. If you remember, they were they were terrible, and then they you know cheaters or not, they got all the Astros these young players. But again, from the base, and they went from winning 50 to 60 games to you know a couple World Series. So to being a solid team. So you know what? There's so much going on with the game last night. And last night, there was so much to watch. Between the game and the Golden Bachelor and in Bachelor in Paradise, your Thursday night was packed, and we're going to get to all of that. But it's like a two-part question, Fox Sports Radio Nation. Again, live from Vegas, bringing the fight action, the fight fun, to you live from Showtime Boxing's Radio Row. Are you giving the credit to the Lions' improvement and their improvement in defense, like Danny G said? You know, they made adjustments. They fixed their defense. It showed last night. Or are you going to say what everybody's saying? Jordan loves just not it. That seems like such a scapegoat response just because a team doesn't win. We're so quick to, to bury these young quarterbacks. How about the Lions played really well? The Lions are really tough. Or, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm posing the question. What is it? Is it the Lions' defense is great or Jordan loves stinks? Could it be both? It could be. You know, I think you've got to give more credit to the Lions. Let me pull another angle into this for you. And Ramos, back in the studio. If you have any thoughts, I always love to hear from Ramos. And Dan Byer, everybody hang yeah. out. Yeah, we now, got Bursch back at the studio today, too. All right. Bursch, look at that. Um, so do we look at this as Dan Campbell is a big reason for this? Because I feel like he is. And there's a lot of people. Listen, people's sentiment on coaches change like that. It's funny. It's funny to me because it's like Bill Belichick. For all, you know, It looks like I don't think the Patriots are a playoff caliber team. Did Bill Belichick get worse at coaching? No, he just doesn't have the personnel he had in the 2000s and 2010s, right? Did uh, that's, Joe that's, Torre? That's a loaded question. No, though, but I'm saying when, when Joe Torre, the managers don't vibe with those players. Not, not that the coach got any worse. It just that coach vibe. no longer vibes with these guys. When Joe Torre was seemed like uh, you know unstoppable as the Yankees manager, and then he went to what the Dodgers and could do nothing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's sometimes. What are you going to say? You're going to say, well, they're they're just not a good coach. Well, now you're anymore. hitting on chemistry, though. Yeah. yeah you, so, you, need, you need coaches to speak their language. You know, sometimes you could say, much like any relationship or job, sometimes you walk into a, a situation that's set up for you to win. Russell Wilson walks into a great situation in Seattle. It was a team that was close, and he was a later pick, and so he walked into a good situation. Brock Purdy walked into a situation. Dynamite situation. Set up to win. Superstars everywhere. And you could say that Matt LaFleur, we give him a lot of credit, but did he just walk into a really good situation where he had a good Packers team and Aaron Rodgers? He, he, he was a rookie coach, and his quarterback was Aaron Rodgers, and then he ran with that 13-3, 13-3. The criticism was couldn't win a playoff game, but we let it slide because every year they were good. Take away Aaron Rodgers. Is Matt LaFleur any good? You don't know. 
You don't know. You take an awful team like the Lions, and then you get a guy like Dan Campbell motivating the hell out of everyone in the city of Detroit. Is he now? Is he the man? Uh, again, it's the perfect storm. It's the lightning in the bottles. It's the combination of all those things. They're forming their own Voltrons on the field. You know, you need all those pieces for it to work. That's what big teams and good teams are made of. So your thoughts on the game? And by the way, which was more riveting, Rich? Well, this is a good question, too. What was more riveting, Thursday night football? Oh, yeah, or the Golden Bachelor. Did you watch, Danny? Yeah, of course. It was great. I, listen, I think yeah. – uh, Back think, to back. To back because then it was Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, you know, dude, I, honestly, it was the most enjoyable Thursday uh, night I had in a long I time. What, I didn't watch the, In Paradise yet, but I watched Thursday Night Football, and nothing makes me happier. I'm, gonna, I'm talking to all the dads out there yeah. for a second. My son, who was only three – I'm sitting on the couch, and he goes, Dad, can I watch football with you? I almost shed a tear. I, I, I said to my wife, I'm like, did you hear what he said? Uh, the little Benny's like, Dad, can I watch football with you? I'm jealous, I go, man. I can't wait until Koa is old enough to oh, yeah. kick I go, it on the couch. I go, That'll buddy, be before you know it. I go, buddy, sit down. It's boys' time. Oh, so right. we watch the game. Then I'm like, all right, go to bed. Mom and I have to watch Bachelor, <laughs> Golden Bachelor. So, so the Golden Bachelor premiered last night. We'll take your phone calls on all these things that made you say, hmm, Thursday Night Football. And, of course, these shows. But uh, it oh. was endearing. I, I got to say, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Really quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Kavino. We have breaking news. Oh, oh boy. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Well, guys, we start in Major League Baseball. News just coming in from San Francisco. ESPN, the first to report that the Giants have fired skipper Gabe Kapler. Giants 78 and 81 on the season. Maybe this was seen coming in the Bay Area, but Gabe Kapler out as the skipper of the Giants. Hmm. Huh. Now, again, it goes back to the question you posed before. Did he all of a sudden forget how to manage Rich, as, or as my, could he just not manage these huh, group of guys? As my daughter would say, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> that, that is interesting because that team was – they played solid the first half of the season, and they sort of just fell apart, right? I mean, the Giants were in the – they were in the NL West mix for quite a while. Early Lo- on. Longer than we thought. Yeah. I mean, they started out pretty hot. Um, hey, listen, man, that team that, – that city, you know, expects greatness. They're, they're, you know, one of those top-tier teams, but hey. When that breaking news stinger hits, I get a little nervous. Yeah, inside. Dan, I'll be honest. I'm always hoping yes. you not tell me someone's dead. And there's so many weird stories today about Chandler Jones and Tupac's murderer and no. all these little things in the news. I never know what Dan Byer's going to drop on us. I'm like, ooh, on the edge of my seat. More reason yeah. to hang out with us on Fox Sports Radio. You know what they've been saying about that full moon that we all oh, saw. Oh, yeah, I saw uh, that. How you many never know. Pe- guys, how many people wanted me to say Gabe Kaplan, right? Because that's the whole thing yeah like would he say kapler or kaplan and we got the kapler correct you, you never know Ooh. what dan's gonna drop and you never know who's gonna stop by on radio row at big events like this again we're in vegas for canelo charlo that fights tomorrow and uh, again live from showtime boxing's radio row your thoughts on last night's game, was it the Lions' defense? Was it Jordan Love stinking like Abe Lincoln? And what did you think about the Golden Bachelor? <laughs> was it Abe Lincoln stinking like the great stink of 1858? Um, I think it was, first of all, I think it's a combination of Jordan Love just, you know, being a, being a guy that, I don't know, some of these guys are, in my mind, designed to be backup-level quarterbacks. And you notice, I think you notice it, their instincts. And you could say, eh, they need time. I don't know. And the Golden Bachelor, my biggest observation is this guy, Gary. 
Gary. Smooth. <laughs> I want to. I mean, it's an honor to spend this night with you, intellectual. <laughs> he does have a froggish voice. Sophisticated women. Yeah. There's a lot I want to thank you all for being of, here tonight. As I look around, I see elegance. I see <laughs> grace. I see maturity. And he's such as. I, I want to thank all of you for your time. Is it? Uh, is it? Adorable or a little cringy when you see him making both, out but I, I'm focusing. It depends on what you choose to focus. I tell my on. wife, I'm like, is he dropping some tongue? Is, or is he doing more like old guy, old girl, old lady no, kisses? Dude, it's, it's like watching a fight. It's who are you focusing on? Like, what are you focusing on? Because um, you could see it both ways, right? I chose to avoid the or ignore the cringe because, of course, it was there, and I really focused on the endearing ways of of, of seniors. Still living their life because they have life to live and they want some love. And it seemed way more genuine than the BS you get from these young idiots that you okay, watch on so, TV. Okay, so you know what? Two-part question. We'll take your feedback next. And you never know, like I said, who's going to stop by Radio Row. Well, I know two people okay. that are supposed to stop by. All right. Two legends in the fight game. So two-part question. Last night's game, was it about the Lions' defense showing you what they could do and the Lions are legit? Or was it Jordan Love showing you that he's just not NFL ready? Is it, is it a story of the Packers or is it really a story of the Lions? And then Golden Bachelor, this is the question that uh, – bear with me. Here's my okay. question. All these women, you can tell some of them – can I say this on Fox Sports Radio? I don't know. Some of them seem pretty horned up. Say chalked up. Chalked up. Okay, there you go. Some of them seem pretty chalked up. And I'm thinking to myself, do you think Gary is assessing like, yo, this woman's like 60-something, but she wants to get it on. And then there's other women that he's like, she wants to like feed ducks in the park. Like there's a big difference between some of these 60 and 70. And like, what, is, uh, what does Gary want to do? Does he want to feed ducks and, and or, you know, party? Or, or does he want to grab cheeks? I don't right. know. What does Gary want to do? We don't do? know what he wants to do in his golden years. <laughs> I mean, think about it. He's 72. For all we know, he wants to go to a fight night in Vegas and uh, grab some butts, or Gary may want to feed the ducks. But it was a really interesting, very nice watch. I actually did like that last night and bachelor in paradise was such a, a train wreck that i i love that show that was great hey thanks for listening to the covino and rich podcast be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 eastern 2 to 4 pacific on fox sports radio find your local station for covino and rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching fsr witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Cavino and Rich in Vegas, super pumped. And across from us right now, a boxing Hall of Famer, a legend, a guy I grew up watching. Let's welcome for the hey. first time on our show, Al Bernstein. How are you? What's Al. up, Al? Let me shake your hand, man. Well, it's good to see you What's guys. I, I'm, apparently, I'm, it's a, a long overdue appearance. Way yes. long overdue. What happened here? Well, Lifelong fight I, fans. Well, nice to see you guys. Yeah. Nice to see you in person. I've seen you for yeah. years watching fighting. And this is a fun fact a lot of people might not know. 2009 Boxing Hall of Famer, having received the highest number of votes ever for a non-fighter, a non-boxer. Mm. How cool is that? Oh my God, I must have I must have made a lot of payoffs for those votes. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> or paid your dues. Well, maybe that was. There it. you go. Yeah, it was very nice. I, yeah, that's a, that's a, a nice thing. It makes you feel good because it makes you feel like uh, the, your peers and people, you know, are respecting and happy with what you do. Well, but. there's certain faces in the fight game that if they're not there, it doesn't feel like a big nah. fight, right? <laughs> You're one of them. You're absolutely one of them. I've been in a bunch of them, and uh, you know it's it's great. And you know it's funny. I, I've been I was thinking about it for this because this is a, really a good event. I mean, not only is the main event, of, you know, very interesting. The undercard is one of the best ones that I've had on a pay per view in years and years and years. And I thought to myself, you know, you never really lose enthusiasm for these events if you're enjoying what you're doing, and more importantly, if you don't, if you just it's good to just take a step back, see what's happening, enjoy the process, and uh, and these fights are fun. Al, I got a, an interesting question for you, man, because we grew up on the flip side of things. You mm-hmm. mentioned pay-per-view. For mm-hmm. us, it was, you know, begging our parents to order the pay-per-view, <laughs> getting friends to come over. And your dad would say, but Tyson's going to knock him out in a round right. anyway. Come on, Dad, we still want to buy it. Right, yeah. right. You, <laughs> you know, ordering get, pizza. You got to get the neighbors to come, contribute a few bucks, right, make it a party, and then... Uh, or find the kid whose dad had money. That's what I did. I was like, where's the rich kid in the neighborhood? Also a very, very good strategy. It, it was the kid that's dad would always order the Tyson fights, yes. the wrestling pay-per-views, and they had Playboy for summers and always. It was right. always the same kid whose parents. It's kind of a package <laughs> deal, isn't it? Exactly. Which makes that the best house to go to, Exactly. Right? Yeah. All the while, Al Bernstein, you were always there covering it. You were part of it. You were living it. So when you experience a fight night and you're not there, right, how does that night go for you? You know, I it's funny. I don't mind you're not going to laugh at this so sometimes when there's a boxing match that i'm really interested in that i am not a part of here's the funny thing i will more often than not be alone in my living room watching it on pay-per-view just there chilling by yourself i don't know why but i'll chill yes i will just sit there and say i'm just gonna sit here and enjoy i mean there might be a friend or two that comes over but in general i just want to enjoy the event and i'll tell you what was what is interesting what is different is when i'm not a part of an event but i go to it 
And a lot of times they'll be sitting in press row. But here's an example of one that I wasn't involved with. And I went with a friend of mine and we sat in the, in the you know, regular section with people. It was the Wilder Fury fight. Oh, yeah. The third one, I believe, which oh. is phenomenal, yes, right? that was a great one. We one of the great heavyweight fights. And I'll tell you what, I was sitting there. I was free, free to – I didn't cheer, cheer, because I didn't want people thinking, I, you know, I'm covering those guys, so I don't want them to think I'm some favorite. But I was – it was a very liberating experience hey, because do, you do could just people, be a fan. When you're there just as a fan, do people recognize you in your regular guy clothes? Because, you know, hanging with you now, you're, you're wearing a button-down. It's like hanging with your, like, principal outside of school. Like, <laughs> yeah. You don't recognize them? Yeah. Like, I don't recognize Is you. Is that I don't know. <laughs> Wearing, I don't wear your jeans and a button. You're wearing regular guy clothes. I've without never a, seen it. Yeah, without a suit. It's like going to the grocery store. Right? It's so funny, man. Yeah, no, they they know I'm there. But yeah, it's but it is funny because they're they're like, okay, well, you know, he's right here. What's the, what's the deal? You know, Al, but uh, it's fun. Al Bernstein here with Kavino and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. So. Let's talk about how the world of boxing has changed mm-hmm. and just how you cover boxing. You want to talk about sports writing, newspapers, mm-hmm. articles, right. printing versus just throwing stuff up on social media and, and getting attention that way. Is that, is, that cha- is that the biggest change in the boxing world? It's one of them. You know, the, what happened was boxing in the uh, uh, boxing was covered by the mainstream media. And, of course, the mainstream media has changed, as you pointed yeah. out. Yeah. But up through around the late 1990s, uh, and I was at ESPN at the time and covered many of the fights for SportsCenter. Uh, but by the end of the 1990s, couldn't even get them to cover fights, right? Like, I'd be living out here in Vegas, and I'd say, look, just, you know, have a crew here. You don't have to bring in 28 guys. I'll do it for you. And they still were reticent. So the media was starting to not cover the sport. And newspapers, of course, were declining a little bit. And and even, you know, there weren't they weren't covering the sport. So what happened is the void was filled by the digital media, right? It was filled by websites. And then that evolved into people not needing a, a, an official platform to give their opinions or, in quote, cover boxing. And what it's done, to be perfectly frank, is it's, had a, it's created a lot of people who don't have, uh, for, for lack of a better word, um, some overseeing or supervising influence. Yeah, and I think in some instances that's made the the coverage or the <clears throat> the commenting on it sometimes irresponsible. I've seen legends like yourself and boxers and analysts. They're sort yeah. of split on Logan Paul, Jake Paul, mm-hmm. KSI, the influencers entering the boxing game. Help or hurt or a little of both? Look, it's 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 been a part of the uh, landscape for the last four or five years. I've even done, I did a couple of Paul fights. Um, And I see it as simply one element that people can either reject or accept. I mean, it's kind of running its course and I think it will run its course in the next couple of years, but it's just, it's some part of it. I honestly don't think it hurts boxing. Does it help it? I don't know. You know, maybe there's some eyeballs got on boxing that yeah. were good. It's possible. Speaking of eyeballs, Canelo brings the eyeballs, right? Oh, Still yeah. the, the biggest pay-per-view sure. seller around. How do you see this going down? It's a great manana. fight. Fascinating fight. Many things at play. And I know we got a time continuing here, but I'll, I'll, I'll 
codified into brief terms. You know, uh, Canelo's feeling as healthy as he's felt for a long time. So I think that's a plus part. So he's very healthy. He's more healthy. He's enjoying the sport. Uh, and he's at the beginning of a three-fight contract. He wants to perform extremely well. Jermel Charlo is, a, a, while he's coming up from 154 pounds, where Charlo was, or yeah. where Canelo was, he, he has height and reach advantage in this fight. Uh, he he is a very skilled boxer, and so I see this as a very intriguing fight. At the beginning, people thought it was really a tough pull for Jermel Charlo. People are coming around to the idea that he has a shot in this fight. Well, real quick, I know we got to yeah. run, but the fact you were part of a Rocky movie is that as fun? <laughs> is that as fun as being part of the real boxing world? It was fun. I like doing movies. I was in the Creed movie, and it's a it's just a fun new experience. By the way, the undercard on this thing is phenomenal, so people should watch it. All right, Absolutely. check it out. And thank you for stopping by, man. Al, a real pleasure. You thank guys. you, sir. We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. All right. Al you got to come to my music show the next time. You know what? I wanted to talk about that. Al Bernstein, and we got more people stopping by live from Showtime Boxing's Radio Row. More next. Hey, thanks for listening to the Covino and Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Covino and Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all the sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll tell you what I'm ready Are for. Are you almost there? I'm ready to talk to another uh, Boxing Hall of Famer. Oh, uh, there he is. What's up, man? In 2015. It's a pleasure to welcome a boxing legend, another guy we grew up watching, a face we saw every big night of our childhood. I know. Like, you knew it was a fight. You knew it was an event if you saw this dude. Let's welcome. Welcome, the great Jim Lampley, What's everybody. What's up, Jim? Oh. Jim Lampley. Good to see you, man. I'm so glad your parents bought HBO. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You were living well, in a pretty privileged household. Oh, there, yeah. right? oh, I, was, yeah, I told good. Al Bernstein last hour, I just went to my friend's house, who his dad had money, so we got the pay-per-views, <laughs> we got the wrestling, his dad had the Playboy Showtime. channel. Showtime, yeah. yeah. Playboy Showtime, channel. Everything, yeah. They, you know, you have that one friend who had There's everything. nothing interesting on the Playboy channel. Come on. So oh. <laughs> when we were kids, it was kind of interesting. Well, yeah. But I'll tell you what. Educational. HBO, back in those days, man, HBO was was hitting it in every way possible. The, the move. The major events, the fights. And, man, it was, it was you. It was you calling the fight. So it's a pleasure to have you here, man. Uh, you've had a, a, a wonderful career. So congrats on that. Congrats Thank you. on the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. And congrats. That's on your comeback. Should I say, don't call it a comeback. You've been here for years. Well, I've been away for five years. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been uh, uh, away from ringside, away from the culture of the sport. Did you, uh, did you miss that? Oh, very much so. Yeah. And uh, I, I was doing what I wanted to do. I'm teaching a communications course of my own uh, devising and construction at the University of North Carolina, my alma mater. Nice. Back in Chapel Hill after all of these decades of absence. Uh, you know, to to have lived a lot of time in this particular environment that we're in right now, spend five years amid the trees and the solitude and the yeah. beauty of the campus and the you know the whole environment in Chapel Hill, and then come back here uh, the other night and and come in on the uh, Wednesday night before a major fight like this. I'm old enough and qualified to say it was like an acid trip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're walking around campus, though. I got to ask because you're not. Just just a regular professor. Do you get a lot of head nods and a lot of like, there he is? Or are these kids so young that... No, I get it from faculty members. I was going to say, faculty members yeah. must be like... I don't, I don't get it from the students at all. And, and uh, you know, I in my classes, I taught for five semesters. I'm not teaching this semester, which is part of why I'm uh, able to be here. But uh, I taught for five semesters, and uh, I had classes ranging in size from 24 to 50. And uh, you could count on the fingers of one hand, I think, the number of students I had who actually knew who I was in right. terms of... Wow. My Wow. public image and uh, stuff and then they would somebody else would say something to them or the 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 information would migrate around the room uh, you know and by the end of the semester people would know they would have googled and gone through the you know process of trying to figure all the the whole thing out but most of the time when I started the semester I was teaching the students who thought okay all I know is this guy's last name is Lampley, and <laughs> this course is Evolution of Storytelling in American Electronic News Media. And that was that was part of the the head fake there. I didn't teach a sports-related course. I, I taught a course in news 
content and the and the evolution of news uh, storytelling and programming. So I wasn't going straight at it from what they would ultimately know to be my identity. But I did have a period of time in my career, not to sound defensive, I did have a period of time in my career when I was um, network news correspondent for two different networks, and I anchored uh, KCBS-TV Channel 2, 5 and 11 o'clock news in Los Angeles for uh, a few years. So I wasn't without news experience. Uh, it's just that I had far, far more sports experience. Well, as you talk about the evolution, and that's what you taught, how do you feel about the evolution of, of broadcasting and how it's changed and how social media has become a big part of it? We, we, we got in the game in the late 90s, early 2000s, right. and if some college kid asked me now, I'm in my 40s, I'm right. like, I don't know what to tell you because it's different now than then, so you must have saw the total evolution kaleidoscopic change okay yeah. and and you know there are um, many parts of the current world in which you guys are working and we are living that I don't understand I don't really get it at all hey listen I'm here to do a thing called uh, ppv.com brand new communications medium in effect for uh, sharing information and chat during the boxing match I'll be sitting with Lance Pugmire longtime uh, boxing writer for the Los Angeles Times and we type into uh, a laptop our impressions of the round or what's going on in the fight, etc. And fans can interact with us and ask questions and stuff. So and it's, it's a live all, interaction. It's a live interaction. It's not blow by blow. It's live chat. Play. I'm not doing blow by blow. I'm, right. not, I'm not putting captions to pictures. Right. I'm doing something. In fact, the way I describe it is that in the last few years of my blow by blow career, there were several times when I had the sense, you know, what really will make sense here in the ongoing evolution of that boxing telecast uh, is that I get up and walk around Roy's chair and go sit in Max's chair and Max gets up and comes around here and he becomes the blow-by-blow -blow guy and I become the senior statesman uh, editorial analyst. You became That's, like the Larry Merchant. Like You all switched roles a little bit, doing right? Doing the things that I heard Larry do. Doing, right. the, doing the things that Al Bernstein has done for decades on uh, Showtime. I saw myself going there and uh, to that role and doing that. So it didn't, it didn't happen. But now this is another way of getting at the same thing because I do believe that the comments I'll be offering on ppv.com uh, during the fight Saturday night are going to be similar to what I would have said if I had gone to the Merchant Kellerman chair uh, on HBO. Hey, I, I got to ask you a question. Help us understand this. By the way, hanging out with Jim Lampley, boxing legend. Do we glorify the past or was there a magic there where the fights just felt bigger? The names you mentioned, you, Max, Merchant, all of you guys, it, it just felt when HBO Ray Leonard, had, Tommy Hearns, exactly. Muhammad Ali, you know, we so, could go on and on so and on. So then what's the difference? But hey, listen, I think that people in every era are less impressed with what is immediately in front of them than with what they've read about in legendary context. Uh, context. Uh, and uh, and there's an urge to say, oh, okay, this is less glorious than what came before. I don't think that's true. Uh, I, you know, when I come in here and look at the number of people in the media room, the hoopla, <laughs> the, uh, the buildup and the excitement, this is nothing less than what I saw in my heyday as a blow-by-blow guy at, uh, at HBO, uh, it's, it's just constantly getting bigger and more magnified. And, and the fact that everything is 
theoretically bigger and more magnified by all of the number of signals in the communications world, all the ways in which people can gather information, makes any one thing seem smaller, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And, 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 I get it. Of course. So that's, you, that, you were the only place to get it back that, then. Now it's everywhere. That's the push-pull of, of the whole thing. Yes. Very cool. So, so you, you, know, you, you can't stop progress. If, mm-hmm. that, if progress it is, uh, yeah. you, you just got to roll with it. And that's uh, that's what I've been doing. I, I'm startled to have spent five years away from ringside uh, and within this current acid trip. Uh, it feels like I've been here all along. Uh, here with Jim Lampley on Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Now, you've been part of every big fight we can remember. Even fictional ones. Except within the past five years. But yes, yes, yes. yes, yes, yes. Fictional ones. Balboa, Creed. Is it as fun for you to be part of like legendary fake fights because honestly there's something to be said about how cool that is i've been in 17 movies and uh, one thing i would say to any young sportscaster is if if part of your goal and ambition here is to somehow go appear in movies cover boxing because if you look at the film business you will find there are more movies about boxing by far mm-hmm. than about any other sport why compact space only two competitors in the ring yep. so much easier to shoot the stories are intensely and deeply personal and confrontational boxing is made for movie making. So I didn't think about that. when I now I was assigned to boxing at first back in the 1986-87 by an incoming executive at ABC Sports who arrived at our division with one basic perception, which was, who is Jim Lampley and why am I paying him all this money? How do I get rid of him? <laughs> right. He told my agent, I'm going to find a way to make him walk on his contract. I told my agent, I'm not going to do it, okay? I'm not going to walk away from this deal. I'm going to find a way to make him like me. Ultimately, I did have to walk away from the contract. But one of the ways he tried to get rid of me was to assign me to boxing because he thought Jim will be allergic to the sport and the sport will be allergic to him and this this will help me to usher him out the door. So the, he wasn't paying attention to the business of the network and what they were doing. My very first live call of a prize fight ever was Mike Tyson against Jesse Ferguson, Tyson's first network television appearance. My first several, my first several telecasts were Tyson uh, network television As appearances. As everything's exploding. And so, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. He's becoming the biggest story in global culture, and this guy has assigned me to that to try to get rid of me. Uh, so, you know, it, it all comes from a crazy origin, counterintuitive, thrilling, uh, and... Uh, I marvel to this day at what happened to me because a guy thought he could get rid of me by assigning me to boxing. Damn, was he wrong. Jim Lampley with Kavino and Rich. Now, you've been part, like we said, of every big fight in our lifetime, except the last couple of years. <laughs> except the last, except the last couple of years. Um, you worked with Max Kellerman closely. You guys together were great. How do you feel about Stephen A. Smith saying he had no cachet, he wasn't a sports writer, he wasn't a, a former athlete? Do you think those are unfair words about Max? I hate the world of social media, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I hate uh, the degree to which um, personal conflicts have now risen to important per, uh, public discussion and are a part of the business landscape and the editorial landscape of, uh, of our, our lives. I, uh, I have met Stephen. A. Smith, I don't have any particular axe to grind against him except to promote and publicize his professional antipathy for Max. That's just 
to me, it's out of bounds. And I'm, I'm uh, very disturbed at uh, what happened to Max. Um, fortunately, very fortunately, he was there long enough that I have a mentee at UNC, a young woman who is going to be a network television sportscaster, and she got to spend one entire summer as his intern uh, in the ESPN studios in New York. So that was the last residual benefit of my wonderful relationship with Max Kellerman. And, you know, um, the world of the Stephen A. Smiths and uh, the, the people who are uh, – using social media and uh, various other uh, ancillary forms of dialogue to uh, create and benefit from personal rivalries, I, you know, I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, it's just not a part of my life. You know, watching Jim Lampley, I felt like I knew you because I watched every fight that you called, I felt like. You know, from the Tyson days till when HBO said, hey, we're not doing this anymore, which is a weak move, I think. Um, and I would notice when you would get emotional. You know, sometimes, and you didn't hide it. I, I wish I that. could. I wish I could hide it. Did, no, made it better. Made it better. Made it better. Wish I could. I really? try. I tried to hide it. You tried okay? to hide it. Yeah. I, what made you emotional sometimes, and what stands out looking back? Well, first of all, um, somebody asked me the other day, what, "What have you most missed about being here?" And I said, "The fighters. I, you know, these are." amazing people yeah who have uh, excuse me who have unique lives yeah and who have to manage these lives every day in the way that gives them the chance to go into the ring and perform the way they want to perform and it's not easy i mean when you look at how uh, consciously and artfully canelo has conducted his career i i I bond with that. I, I feel a great loyalty to these people. Their passion as athletes is unsurpassed. Uh, and uh, and I always say um, to people who don't understand boxing or haven't been to boxing before, I say, look, don't be deceived or misled by what you see as blood-curdling violence. Yes, there's blood-curdling violence, but this is a sport about falling in love. These guys go into the ring for a 12-round, sometimes a two-fight or three-fight series, and seem to be trying to beat each other to death. They're falling in love the whole time because once that whole experience is over they know each other better than anyone else on the planet this yeah. is why yeah. this is why um mickey ward does arturo gaddy's eulogy at his right, funeral right this right. is why mickey ward does the induction speech for arturo gaddy to get into the international boxing hall of fame because this is why riddick bow and evander holyfield have lived together sometimes because they go through these experiences they confront each other in this way they feel the passions that they feel they take the risks that they take and at the end of it all they love and respect each other in an almost indescribable way formally constantly on on. moved by that yeah. Foreman, so well Foreman, who once was so angry against Ali that he could barely speak his name, <laughs> and who in the later years, toward the end, developed this wonderful protectiveness of Ali, and 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 tried to make sure that at any public occasion where Ali appeared, that he was comfortable, that he was properly celebrated. George went out of his way to do that because he's a great man. Well, that emotion sold that sport to me and so many of my generation because I felt what you were conveying, and I appreciate that. I want to thank you here. I'm glad I got the chance to thank you. And, you know, for you to 
introduce us to these fighters who we watched become champions. We saw them change their families' lives. Like, these were great moments, and we thank you for sharing those with us. And it's good to have you back, man. Thanks. Yeah. Jeff, yeah. great pleasure to be here. Oh, hell yeah. Thrilling to talk about these subjects with you guys. So, Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Jim, All let right. me ask you one, great one, one last Jim Lampley, we got one last got question. Another question. Last question. question. I don't want to let Jim yeah. go. I, I could talk to this guy for hours. I know. When you're in a, a moment, it happened, Foreman. Are you thinking about the call, like some of these famous calls you've had? Well, are you thinking you know, of those in the moment? The, the, there are two that I, I want to uh, tell you about specifically because they are the, the ones that probably most people remember. And they both have specific reasons for happening the way they did. The first one is Tyson Douglas in Tokyo. Uh, it's By the way, it's 1130 <laughs> in the morning yeah. on a Sunday morning in Tokyo. We're in a, an arena with 34,000 people who make no noise whatsoever. You can hear Mike and Buster's shoes <laughs> slapping the canvas in the first round. Yeah. So the whole thing is surreal. And and Larry and Ray and I wind up calling it somewhat as if it's the Ryder Cup. You know, I mean, we're whispering because if you are shouting, you would have felt completely out of place. So as the rounds progress and, uh, and I can see what's happening, and I begin to think to myself, oh my gosh, if this concludes the way I think it's going to conclude, I'm going to need to affix a signature line <laughs> right. to this. Yeah. Now, right. and by, what by the way, it possibly look, be? Looking back at that fight, you know, we all thought, even as kids, oh, Tyson will come back. 100%. But when you watch the Douglas fight now, you realize from round one, Douglas it, had him. Yeah. It, it never changes. Yeah. And, 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 and by the way, there's a lot of myth-making that went into Mike's development, and he knows that. Um, but uh, everybody thought that all Mike did was knock people out in the first round. He went the distance with Mitch Blood Green. He went to the last 10 seconds with Jose Ribalta. He went the distance with Tony Tucker. He went the distance with James Quick Tillerson, upstate New York. There were score, uh, ringside scorers who had Tillerson winning the fight. All that happens before the Douglas yeah. fight. What did they all have in common? They were taller than Mike. They had a jab, and they had some foot movement. Buster was the best athlete of them all. Everybody box. Everybody overlooked it. Yep. Okay? And it's all there from the first round on. So now we're getting into the late rounds and I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> what do I do? You know, <laughs> I can't I can't yell right, in this right. environment. It's yeah. gonna sound ridiculous. And I was at that time in the middle of building a friendship, ultimately a, a really great and passionate friendship, with the greatest actor of my generation, Jack Nicholson. And I had asked Jack on a golf course one day, when you're getting ready to shoot the fulcrum scene in the movie, you're getting ready to shoot the thing that everybody's going to remember. What's on your mind? And he said, Lamp, from the first day I went to acting crass, it's always the same mantra. Don't overact. Douglas puts together the four-punch combination that puts Kyson on the canvas, and the voice I hear in my head at that moment is saying, don't overact. So the call is Mike Tyson has been knocked out in pretty much that tone. And looking back, I want to say that was perfect. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. perfect. It was, was perfect. So then the other one is George Foreman knocks out Michael Moore. Yep. Uh, yeah. And and I confess that in and George was my expert commentator at that time. We were working together, and in the months leading up to that fight, I give George no chance. Okay, and and I just don't see any possible way. And I'm asking him sometimes at the crew meal or in the the pause during rehearsal, George, how are you going to win this fight? How how are you possibly going to beat Moore? <laughs> He's a mover. He's a southpaw. Holyfield couldn't find him, and he has better feet than you do. What's the plan? And over and over, George says to me the same thing, always in the same words. 
You watch Jim. There will come a moment late in the fight when he will come and stand in front of me and let me knock him out. Now think about those words. Think about the video that you can see in your mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moore comes and stands in front of him <laughs> and lets him yep. knock him out. Boom. And, and, and I, again, I'm in the middle of this is a 10-second call. And I'm thinking, why did I not stay up and dream of something like that? Why did I not construct a, you believe in miracles? And right, right. Here it is. What am I going to say? And all I could think of was George telling me all those times what was going to happen. And what came out was it happened. It, it happens. happens. And, it happens. And, and, and again, I don't think you can beat that call no, for, no, no, uh, no. for that particular Fantastic. moment. Well, it was a particular voice in my head both times. The first time Jack, the second time George. I was basically answering them. Nice. That's, That's so cool. Jim man. Lampley, you're going to be co-hosting, like you said, real time on ppv.com, live streaming. Canelo and Charlo, a pleasure. A real pleasure meeting My privilege. Jim Thank you Lampley, both. Lampley, everybody. And we got more. Cavino and Rich. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.